proudest day, and the proudest time, and the, the seat of a relic here. Because that day, and that hour, and those minutes, I got the butt between my teeth. You know, I really stood up and was counted and said, this is not getting away. I remember when we pulled on our helmets, and, and, and Donald says to me, what are we doing? I said, we're going for gold, Barrett. That's all we said. I can still pick to that run. That was just the best, best run ever. Welcome along to Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast, Season 2, Episode 37. Um, before we start, like, share, rate, subscribe, all those things. Keep doing what you're doing. It's greatly appreciated. Um, last weekend saw the, the wrap-up of uh, the WRC in Rally Japan and what a fascinating battle that was. I suppose started now as the RAC rally as well too, one of the most eagerly anticipated rallies of the year, I think, at this stage. Um, but Connor, Japan, uh, Elfin Evans took another one and, you know, secured his second place in the championship. It was a good rally without being maybe fantastic. Yeah, uh, certainly a commanding drive by, by what do you call it, Elvin. Um, I think literally led from second stage right through to the end. Treacherous conditions, very difficult at times. Um, but he was never, you know, okay, he had a good, strong, solid drive, but never really under any pressure. No, no, like Novell started to come out a wee bit, maybe on Friday afternoon, I think it was. But, you know, now, you know, we're starting to knock on the times, but like Evan seemed assured of himself the whole weekend. Like, nice to see Evans, you know, we've, we've said it before, whenever he's in the zone, he can be very hard to beat. Absolutely. Look, it seemed to be a good, strong, measured drive from him. As, as you say, you know, at the stage end interviews, or whatever, he seemed fine, confident, relaxed, never under the pressure, wasn't feeling the threat of anyone. And then I suppose once Neville had gone out, uh, you know, that really did take the pressure off him as well. And I suppose the big news coming out of Japan then is, you know, uh, the, the champion going down to a partial campaign next year. Uh, didn't see that one coming from Kelly. No, that kind of took everybody by surprise. All right. Like it's, it's only his third year at rally one level. Um, although in fairness, as he says, he's been driving a rally car for 15 odd years. Like what is he? 22, 23, you know, yeah, uh-huh. it, it's, so look, he wants to step away and, and, you know, he's going to do a partial campaign. He's returning full time in 25, so he's not gone. Yeah. But yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. OK. Yeah. And that, that's going to, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic all works out next year with Toyota. You know, like Evans is going to be the, the main point scorer and then uh, Kelly and OJ is going to be kind of, I don't know, coming in there in number two position. And then Taka then is back. He's up now to the, the full team for the full season. Yeah, he is. And listen, Taka had a good run in Japan. Uh, he took 10 stage wins. Could have been better, though. He did have a spin in stage two, damaged the car. So, you know, could have had a, a much stronger result, but a fairly solid one at that. Yeah, because like, you know, uh, Hyundai, like never development off uh, up to that. Like, I suppose that he was probably under strict instructions to get to the end. And he was driving very steady, very sensible. And then he showed a wee bit of speed on the Sunday never uh, Taka started closing in on him. Like, Lappy has had a, a so-so year, showed some good speed at times. Um, nice to see him finishing with the fourth place. Hopefully, he's supposed to have a partial campaign with uh, Hyundai next year, so maybe that'll get him back and get the confidence built up again as well. 
yeah, I, I suppose he's had to redeem himself and, and make sure he finished Japan um, after the last couple of outings. So he did that. But again, he wasn't really challenging up front. Yeah. But again, you know, he, he got home without any dramas, any issues. And considering the conditions and the weather, we've had everything from torrential rain to even snow. <laughs> you know, he, he did manage to stay out of trouble. Yeah, because I hear that OJ joking at one point about that was a, a Monte Carlo test in some, up in some of the mountain stages. So like that kind of shows uh, the variety of conditions that they were getting there last weekend. Yeah, and very tricky roads as well, because like uh, there isn't a lot of room for a margin of error there. On the, the, the there's lips on the on the side of the road, the tarmac you can easily cut or split a tire if you if you are making a cut. So you have to be sensible in on on the roads in Japan. That's for sure. That's for sure. And then I suppose M Sport, like Tanik, you know, what can we say? It was for Tanik. It was probably a bit of a like a nothing rally for him. He didn't really feature at all, did he? No, but then again, struggling with technical issues, electrical problems for most of Saturday. Uh, again, then the Rally 1 cars all struggled with condensation on the front window. Basically, a combination of the heat inside the car because of the exhaust runs through the car. Uh, you know, on the inside of the cockpit on the Rally 1s and then the, the cold temperatures outside. Mm-hmm. And they all suffered with, you know, misting up so much so that we saw three Rally 2 cars in, in what, fourth, fifth and sixth position mm-hmm. for guts of friday mm-hmm. and like, i don't know but like, i remember in the olden days it wasn't you know a wee bit of very liquid and say that the one screen helped up maybe they haven't got very liquid out in japan <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I, it's a question i definitely i think next time we get jamie on from m sport i'm gonna <laughs> ask why is it that we you know we always seem to have trouble with wiper blades or wipers and demisting, you know, when, when, when conditions get tough. Is it just something that teams don't properly check or test? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to find out right enough, you know. And then, you know, um, the RAC then starts this. Oh, before we move on from Japan, a special mention has to be put out, you know, to Eamon Bond and Mick Morrissey. Mick has become an internet sensation, you know, 75 years of age, out there competing in Japan. You know, you have to tip your hat to the guy. Oh, fantastic. And, he, you know, the crack he had with, I think it was Pex was interviewing him. He's just yeah. so laid back and so chill, doesn't he? Uh, it was lovely to see him getting acknowledged and, you know, that the, the, they took the time out to interview them and put it out on air and, and you know, Bex having a bit of crack with him. So, yeah, I was delighted to see that now. Yeah. And, like, you know, Eamon Bone, you know, he doesn't say much, but, you know, a true legend of Irish rally. Uh, but, uh, yeah, moving away from Japan, then RAC starts this weekend, uh, well, starts, you know, Thursday morning. Um, the ceremony will start and uh, scrutineering and all that today. And the crowds look huge. Oh, they do. Listen, eh, the amount of hype this rally is getting, it's all over social media. It's fantastic to see. And then, you know, when you see Chris Meek releasing the pictures of the car, you just go, uh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, what a fantastic livery, you know, just a real nut back to the, you know, the, the 78 and 79, I think it was 78 or 79, uh, Bertie Fisher car. Um, yeah. Just, you know, oh my God, beautiful, stunning. And then, you know, Solberg, you know, really up to date. He's done a Ken Block kind of esque and uh, his car. And then, you know, Chris Ingram out in the TR7 V8. And then, you know, all the guys, you know, the names that there's oh, how many, another 12, 15 guys there that all are thinking they're going there to challenge for the one as well, too. It's going to be epic. Yeah, our listen, it's going to be incredible, all right. And you have everybody from Austin Price there to, what do you call it, uh, Richard Tuttle and the Porsche. Every, you know, it really is. It's a lovely collection of 
of historic cars and really genuinely i'm looking forward to following it on social media over the next few days yeah for sure and like you know you never mind all the talk you know with our own guys and you know paul you know chris meek obviously one of our own paul barr adrian hellington Catherine McCourt, um, 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 Marty McKenna, uh, Gary McClendon sitting in the Perez uh, in the Stratus, you know, and that's only to name a few. There's, uh, <laughs> I don't know how many more. Uh, Vivian Hamill out in a, a new BDA as well. You know, that's going to be, uh, uh, you know, I don't know whether there's going to be much sleep over the next five days because this is going no. to be something else. Exactly, and don't forget Barney Mitch and uh, Marnie McCormick there. Absolutely, close well. number, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I could even forget them too, you know. So, yeah. Uh, like, so, you know, I'm obviously gripped by this whole fever of this whole thing. So I got a chance to catch up with uh, Ryan Champion, the 2021 champion, who's not out, actually out this weekend. And then that will roll into Paul Woodford, who will be helping provide all the, the live coverage over the weekend as well. Ryan Champion, RAC 2021 winner. You're not back this year, but we thought we'd get you on to kind of, you know, what it makes to, you know, what it takes to win an RAC rally. And like you had great success in 2021. I would say you'd be itching to be back, but it's not to be this time. No, not not this time round. I mean, um, as we were just chatting there, there before we started, I mean, I was the only... Uh, Tuttle Porsche last uh, oh, two years ago, and and this time there's five cars out. So, um, th- there's only so many cars to go around. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's uh, five cars there and twelve cars already in Africa for the uh, East African Safari. It's a busy period for them, and and to be honest, it just didn't. It's not just that. I mean, I I have to say, it had a had I gone to Richard and said, no, I really need a car. There probably would have been something somewhere, but it just wasn't to be this year. So, um, no, I'll um, sit this one out and watch with great interest. Yeah, because like. It has, like, we've seen it every time this event runs. It's becoming more and more successful. But it has really took a real jump forward this year. Like, the names that's been attracted this year, it's it's, it's almost become unbelievable what's the hype that's building around this event. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see some some of the big names coming to do it. Um, and it, it's become one of those bucket list rallies now because where do you do a, a five-day 350 stage mile event and and really that's why i was keen to do the last one was just to to tick the box and and don't get me wrong i'd love to do it again but if it doesn't happen i've done it and um and i think it's probably the same you know oliver solberg's maybe at the stage of his career where where he's got time to do it obviously chris has found a, both chris is chris meek and ingram both found cars to do it and um it is it's just uh like i said it's now a, a unique event um we don't really see much rallying in the dark anymore we don't have a you know a winter uh, world championship rally anymore like we used to and um obviously it was created to uh, uh you know to to rediscover the original RAC and it, it very much does in terms of the stages it uses the format and and the conditions that the uh, the crews will face and and like i said it's just it's great to see it become a, a bucket list event and of course you've got people like greg Labermervius as well who you know would have been well known on the on the original version and you know we've seen it in other years with with the malcolm wilson's the gwindaf evans the mark higgins of this world who've who've all won the event as well so it's uh great to see it uh be so strong because you know the, the colin behind the the event when it when it first started i think it it was, you know, it was tough for him to get to get this rally going, and mm-hmm. uh, to see maximum entries with, um, you know, with great names on the entry list is, is testament to the work that he's done behind it. 
For sure. Because, like, you know, some events kind of almost become a victim of their own success. They become sort of sanitized, you know, they, you know, they kind of water down the, the ideal behind where they started from. But this, this event really hasn't, you know, it has gone from stunt to stunt and kept the core value, you know, that wants to, you know, put on the epic event, that, you know, that Scotland, England, Wales, and it, it, is, it's, it's, it is the bucket list of stages you'd want to compete on. Yeah, and I think that's quite important is, is to keep the event as it is, you know, keep the, the the ethos of the event, if you like, so that that it is a tough, challenging rally because that's why why everybody wants to do it. And the fact that it runs every two years just allows people to build up for it. I think if it if it was yearly, it might still struggle for entries as much as people want to do it. It is it's a big undertaking. It's a it's a costly undertaking. There's no two ways about that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some of the escort runners are into 60, 70, even 80 tires. Um which that alone is, is telephone mental. numbers. Uh, you yeah, it them. is. Yeah. And tires, you know, tires are twice the price now that they were five years ago. Not far mm -hmm. off. Yeah, depending what you're running or where you get them from. But um, you know, we know that the costs of everything have gone up, and, and the cost of rallying is is no different. So um, it, it's a huge undertaking, and the fact it runs every two years, I think, um, works well as we see with the the entry list that's there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, when you see. Uh, well, like I said, just the tyre bill alone is is astronomical. Um, and when we uh, the first stage last year was uh, four or five miles, and then there was an emergency service. You, you you turned left into stage two, where you turned right into the emergency service, and I'd forget what the second stage was, but let's say eight miles or nine miles or something. And and quite a few of the escort runners were straight into emergency service to put a pair of new rears on after four miles. Not necessarily because they were worn out after four miles, but they wanted but, new ones. Yeah, to be um, competitive, I suppose uh, that's the way that they felt they had to do. You don't worry about that sort of thing with a Porsche. No, I'll <laughs> <laughs> do half a day on the back of a Porsche. So not so much of a worry. Yeah, uh, but you know the the epicness of this. You know, it starts in Wales and works its way up the country and all this. Like, there's long road sections involved as well too. Like, does that get tired and drive? Like, you know, a rally car, fantastic on a stage, maybe not the most comfortable place in the motorway. No, but again, it, uh, it 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 brings back the spirit of the original RSC rallies. We said that was a big part of it. Day, day one, particularly on the old RSC with the spectator stages, you know, there was massive road mileage when it uh, it maybe used to start from let's say Cheltenham or somewhere like that and go all the way up to uh, to Donington and to Chatsworth and take in all the spectator stages and work its way back down or you know wherever it started from. The the first day was always a a marathon and then uh in, in terms of road mileage even if it wasn't stage mileage and then you, and then you had the uh, the long road sections on an evening that linked the different areas of forestry so um yeah okay it's maybe not the most interesting part of the event but but having said that um it the road sections are an experience because you, you you've got fans out on the road section you've got people watching on junctions as people stood on roundabouts and that's how it used to be and and, and you don't tend to get that on many rallies now um mm. although strangely i was in mexico three four weeks ago for for la carrera panamericana and did that for the first time and i've never seen people on a on an event like that you know that was a seven day event and it was just tens of thousands of people Jeez. everywhere so we don't quite get that on the rsc you know it hasn't quite mm -hmm. like Carrera is a recreation of the original event and it'd be lovely if uh if the roger albert clark eventually dragged uh the fans back to the forest as, as it used to be for for the RAC, whether that'll happen, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, like I said, I think the, the road sections do add uh, uh, certainly an element to it, at least.
Yeah, and like you talked there, you know, that's, that's something that popped into my head. Like Steve Perez there, they're on BBC News tonight, you know, there's a preview. And like that's going back to the days of old, you know, like BBC rarely ever cover rallying unless there's a, like some kind of tragedy or something like that. It's great to see rallying being on the news for, and BBC news for something positive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and probably the fact it goes around the country and it is, well, it's by far the longest event, you know, that we that we have now. Um, it's good that it's starting to to create that interest. Um, yeah, like you say, with the original RAC, there was always stories about particular drivers from from local areas, and uh, you know, breakfast TV would always have a have mm-hmm. a, a car that they were supporting. If mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it's it, it's great that it's starting to create uh, some national interest. Should I say again? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, let's face it. We need it. We haven't got a world championship rally anymore. I mean, no. whether whether we'll see one wherever that might end up being in the, you know, in in, in the UK or Ireland. I mean, mm-hmm. we need something at the minute because there's not an awful lot to get excited about. No. Um, I mean, dare I say, it, I don't think people get particularly excited about the British Rally Championship anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So to have a rally that people are actually excited about, and uh, you you know. I was just in my local co-op 100 metres from the house and unfortunately it's uh, annoying this year but you know the guy was asking oh, are you doing the RSC are you going back to it and I'm no no not are you going no probably not um, but uh, it's just nice that um, there is that interest around the rally mm-hmm. and the fact that they know it's on too which you know that yeah, yeah, is absolutely. great as well yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, which, let's, again, let's face it, I mean, uh-huh. even the rounds of the British Rally Championship, I didn't know what happening until yeah. you see the results. So, yeah. like, uh-huh. I would have always been, you know, following that kind of thing avidly. So, yeah, yeah as you said, just just great as interest and great that people know it's happening. Yeah. Um, like, we mentioned earlier, like, totals of five Porsches doing the event this year. Like, it, the top ten, especially in years gone by, would have probably almost looked like a Mark II challenge. Great to see a bit more variety there this year as well with the Porsche and the Stratus and, you know, it's become more open. Yeah, and, and of course the TSMV8 with Chris Ingram as well. And mm-hmm. it's great to see him out in that. Like Tony Pond was a, a big hero of mine. Um and probably my first memories of the RAC were were 1980. Um not so much because I can remember it, but we had a video recorder then. <laughs> <laughs> and had recorded the 1980 RAC, which was won by Toivonen and the Sunbeam. And it was the year that um, that Tony Pond hit the Lions feeding oh, yes. trot mm-hmm. on the first stage. Um, so, and I would have watched that 1980 RAC over and over and over again for the next probably four or five years um, <laughs> when, I, when I did start to remember it. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've got sort of strong memories from that era and Pond in a, in a TRS. One of them. Yeah, and this will probably be one of the the first times in years we'll probably have seen a TR seven V eight being thrown down at like a a, a UK event. That yes, there is other cars out there, but like let's be honest, they're not maybe the full capability of this car. This is a Dave Appleby built car, probably as close to the original spec as possible. Yeah, which it would be interesting to see. You know, see how how well it goes because I think. Um, It'll probably take a little bit of development time, I would guess, for them. I know they've I know they've done a test with it and such like, but the, the escorts of today aren't anything like the escorts yeah. were in uh, seventy nine eighty, and uh, you know the the nine elevens probably aren't that far removed, but at the same time, know how and 
technology's moved on in terms of building engines and um how you you know how you prepare components dampers etc so um it'll be interesting to see how it goes because i know like you said i think they built it as close to the original work spec as possible but um i just yeah i'll reserve judgment but <laughs> things I know a lot of the other cars have moved on a long way from yeah. from where they were. So let's let's see. I mean, it it was never short on power in period. You know, it mm -hmm. always had it was always the most powerful car in period. So mm -hmm. um, it'll it'll make a wonderful noise, and it'll be good to see uh, see what it does. Yeah, and you talk about wonderful noise, but you can't go past the Stratus. No, <laughs> no, I, I was out on the uh, the Molten Rally um, a couple of weeks back, and I know Seb Seb very well, and. Uh, I took a couple of videos of seven, posted them on socials, and and they and they went mad because the car just sounds incredible. And obviously, they now run the twenty four valve engine in that car, which revs to ten or just over ten. And um, it, you know, it was, there there isn't people always talked about the sound of the Stratos in the forests. Um, and like I said, I vaguely remember, vaguely remember, but not really, uh, Marco Len in 81 did the RAC in Astratos. I think that was the last time in period. And I was dragged along as a six-year-old, but when I say I remember it again, I think it was more the But yeah, I have to say the, the sound of Seb's car the other day in, in Cropton Forest, one of the fastest forests in the in the country was uh, was mesmerizing it. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. And like the, the, the event starts Thursday in uh, Wales. You know, we often talked about, oh, you know, the Welsh guys will have an advantage in Wales. That, you know, yes, they will have, but that's almost become a thing of the past as well now with with the notes and all now. It's not the, on the maps the way it used to be. Like, it's going to be interesting on, uh, on Thursday morning to see how it all starts to shake out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's probably it's equalised a little bit more. I think when you're on organisers' notes, there's always an element that if somebody knows the stages, they can still go. A fair bit quicker um that was one thing i struggled a little bit with two years ago particularly in the dark quite honestly just having complete faith in a set of notes that that you've been given and uh like everybody does i i spent time on the uh on the download and watched the stages two-dimensionally but it's uh it's just not quite well it's not the same as being on your own notes it'd be interesting to see how the likes of uh of oliver and and, and the two chrises adapt to that because you know they're very used to making their own pace notes, and uh, it, it, like I said, just when it gets dark, it's different. Mm -hmm. um, I found it would have been easy to get caught out if I pushed as fast as I I wanted to. Really, just mm -hmm. I just I just struggled a bit for flow. So uh, in the daylight, it's not so bad. You know when you can see a bit more. Uh, mm -hmm. The organizers' notes is it, it's same for everybody. Yeah. Um, but you know when when I watch them on board of say Jason Pritchard, who's probably spent a bit more time on organizers notes recently than well, certainly than I have, cause I'm, I don't do many rallies, but um, you know, I watched Jason's on board and, and his commitment in the dark was, was very Same impressive. Yeah. Um, I certainly didn't have that. Um, and, and again, that sort of leads into the, the fight this year will be quite interesting because uh, there isn't just one or two hairs. There's about seven or eight hairs there that will go off. <laughs> Go off like hell, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, some some in particular aren't known for going slowly. Um, no. <laughs> and, and, and my approach two years ago was always to get to the end. You know, I I, I really didn't have anything to uh, to gain by going flat out two years ago. You know, we had a, 
a good a good reliable strong car but it it wasn't a purpose built lightweight racer yeah. uh, to say that the, the same car is doing it this year with richard but to say it's uh evolved somewhat from the car <laughs> i was using would be uh an understatement yeah she's yeah. a bit of an animal now and uh we like i say we had a good reliable car so that so the plan was always to to play to its strengths so i, I didn't really ever want to get sucked into a a battle early on and we couldn't have done we couldn't have matched the, the front running cars with what we had so that was fine we just did our own thing but it'll be interesting to see at the front because those that want to play their own game it'll be easy to you know to get sucked into that fight and inherently if you look at the names and the speed that the cars will be going early on somebody somebody will drop out of that fight early on mm-hmm. um, because I think the pace will be I'll be pretty hot yeah maybe. um uh, well, that, you know, you know, it'll be difficult to keep that pace going for five days. Yeah, well, that's that's the issue. It'll be difficult mm-hmm. to keep that pace going for five days. But if somebody manages it, then suddenly you end up, you know, five five minutes behind. So, mm-hmm. um, but the nature of a rally this long, stuff happens, and nobody will have a trouble free rally. Like again, we. Yeah go on about the old RSC, but when you see rallies that were 350 stage miles, 400 stage miles, you always have gaps of mm-hmm. five minutes or whatever be- between top level drivers. Just, and it wasn't about mm-hmm. pure performance. It was yeah. just about, you know, having a bit of luck or did they have to stop and change a puncture or, yeah. um, you know, did you have a problem that you could get out with whatever it might be? So it'll be, yeah, that'll, that'll be the thing to see over the, the first day or so, because, Definitely, there'll be some that will push from the start, and there'll be some that thinking, "Well, I'm not going to do that." And mm-hmm. uh, will somebody get away with it or not? Well, yeah. we're, we're, uh, we're about to find out, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the, the you know the thing was in 2021, you started the final day in third place, and then suddenly you know by the end of the first stage, you're leading the rally. So like th- this rally is it's never over till it's over, and this year in particular, well, a forty mile a forty mile stage to finish the event off. That's just going to really you know you think it's over but then you have to you know go get get your head back into gear for a 40 mile stage that's probably be something to bend the mind and also it just um it only takes one one stage like you say to to change things and that's actually the the first stage of the final day walters arena two years ago it wasn't particularly the conditions we'd had tricky conditions but it did it did turn things on its head but you know quite easily it could have been the stages of I don't even remember what day it was last year, but the Thursday or the Friday night or whatever, when we had the snow and the fog and, um, you know, if you just get an icy stage and it's icy in the wrong place and suddenly you can lose two or three front running cars. So uh, just a change in conditions or weather will be interesting to watch. Um, But then, like you say, you you get to the final day and you've got a 40 mile stage uh, and that in itself could turn the rally on its head. Because if you get a puncture in there with the best will in the world, by the time you you stop in these cars as well, it's you know you, it's probably three minutes if it goes well, um, and if it if it doesn't go well and you have an issue with the tire change or whatever, you can soon end up losing you know four or five minutes. So uh, it definitely, I mean, inherently won't be over till that's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even tire wearing at forty mile stage, as I said, with the escorts, yeah. they mm-hmm. you know they. They very rarely have to do more than fifteen miles at most on a set of green. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that that will be a challenge. Um, and and also the other thing is if you have got a 
a bit of a gap. You've got a bit of a lead. In a stage that long, it's it's easy to hemorrhage time. You know, you think you're taking it relatively easy, which you are, but uh, to lose suddenly two seconds a mile if it's 40 miles is... Yeah. It's, it's just two minutes a different you think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so... Um, It'll be interesting to monitor the gaps going into that and, and how, how people do it because mm -hmm. it, it might be that if you're in a – you need a very comfortable margin to to take it easy, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, you're probably going to have to push reasonably hard because you just won't know how fast or slow you're going comparatively. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I suppose, where do you think the event could be won or lost? Is it the – you know, at any stage, or is there a particular areas that you feel that, that that could be an advantage for some some of the drivers out there? Um, I think the first couple of days will be relatively straightforward, uh, conditions permitting. Wales tends to be, you know, the, the stages tend to be relatively consistent in terms of surface, and uh, um, some of the stages are quite well well known, particularly mid Wales stages. Um, but obviously the the third day I think it is is in Scotland and, and we expected Scotland to be quite tricky last year um, it is it is rougher it's more rocky you know obviously they're, they're all more or less two wheel drive cars so you know we were we were going to take a different tyre strategy in Scotland last year than we did elsewhere just for puncture prevention um, now as it happened because of the storm Scotland was uh, was cancelled, so we never we never did see what would happen in Scotland. But some fantastic stages there in uh, in Southwest Scotland. Some of the old uh, classics from the Scottish Rally that we used to do in 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 Dalbeatty. But they can be tricky and they can be rocky. Um, so that that could have an effect. And then obviously going to Kielder and, and Kielder in the dark is is never a forgiving place. Um, I have to say Kielder, I love Kielder personally and and yes it has a fearsome reputation but i only i think more because if you go off there's a good chance you're not getting back on <laughs> the, the ditches are, are deep so mm -hmm. you don't have to actually be that far off the road and you're so and, and there's nobody about yeah yeah you just yeah. you just get into them so it always had this fearsome reputation but it's not as rough as it used to be uh generally it, it's i want to, well a lot of it's smooth now you get the odd stage that might be a bit more uh mm -hmm. rough and rocky but the surface is generally pretty good. The forest roads have been bedded in now for, you know, I don't know, for so tens of years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, it's it's a pretty good surface normally, um, but the ditches don't forgive. And, and obviously if it's dark, then then that's uh, exaggerated. Yeah. And then to, you know, the $64 million question, who do you fancy for the one come next Monday afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if I'd be brave enough to, put, <laughs> you know, to be Yeah. Uh, you know. Did, well, I suppose to make it a bit easier, do you see one of the the new guys doing it, or do you see one of the you know the more seasoned RAC competitors doing it? Might be a fair way of putting it. No, I I I think they'll all be in the mix. Honestly, I don't think anybody's going to run away with it. I really don't. Uh, logic, you know, logically, somebody like Chris Meek or or Oliver, um, you know, they they do a lot of rallies. Uh, they'll they'll jump in and they'll be quick for sure. You know, they're not going to struggle for pace. Uh, Oliver o Oliver will be interesting. I mean, obviously, we've seen from what Chris has done already, Chris is going to be going very quick. Oliver's, 
I was talking to Petra and Oliver in Chile, I think it was a couple of weeks back, and uh, they were downloading me for tire information and <laughs> uh, compounds and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think Oliver wants to enjoy it as well. Uh, but he is competitive, so of course he'll be up the front. But I think he is keen to enjoy it and to get to the end of it. Um, but then he's not known for a, a sensible approach, you know, like a. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I can't imagine Oliver just sitting back at the beginning, despite what you were telling yeah. me. <laughs> um, so I honestly don't know. I mean, Jason Pritchard is very, very quick, uh, but hasn't ever managed to win the rally. Obviously, Marty has won it it's several times now. Yeah. So Marty, Marty knows how to play this rally. Jason, despite arguably, I wouldn't say lack of results, but Jason might like the big result, but he definitely has a, a an RAC win in him. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess realistically, I'd have to go for Chris Meek. Uh, I mean, I've known Chris whatever twenty or twenty something years, and that that goes against everything I know about Chris Meek. Uh, with all due respect, Chris, if you if you want <laughs> to put my money on Chris to win a five day three hundred and fifty mile rally, that. <laughs> um, but I just I don't know his experience his speed he'll take some beating but I, but I definitely think that I'd be surprised if it isn't between those four between mm -hmm. Oliver Jason Marty and Chris not to count out anybody I hope Richard's right up there in the Porsche as well obviously yeah uh, and Richard will you know Richard will be there or thereabouts but somehow I expect it might be one of them four that that takes it. Um, and if you're asking me to put my money on somebody, then I guess it's got to be Chris Mee. So, Paul, we thought we'd get you on RAC start now. Well, yesterday, I suppose, by the time this goes out. Um, it's going to be absolutely epic. This is the one event that I think there's been more hype and more talked about this rally than any other rally this year. Yeah, if the RAC started yesterday when this goes out, then I'm going to look a whole lot more tired than I do right now, um, where I am, wherever I am right now. I'll probably be still be in Wales when I if it started yesterday. But yeah, it's it's a lot of hype. I think it's the most hyped year, if I'm really honest. Um, and I've been following it for its entire reboot, um, and I've been involved for the last few. But yeah, this is mega, isn't it? The names, the cars, the route. Yeah. And and all of the social media and all of the media package and the live coverage that's been planned for it, it's, it feels like we're all going really big for this one. Yeah, like it, it definitely seems to be have been taken to another level. Like I suppose, like the whole story of the last the, the event ran twenty twenty one, though the twists and the turns that you know created a story, and I think everybody latched onto that, and now they want to create a new chapter and you know take it to the next level. Yeah, I think. 2021 launched the event from being a really big club event that everybody loved and everyone got behind with a few kind of token gesture stars thrown in here and there wherever they could get them to be something that credibly and, and take nothing away from that because that was absolutely perfect for years it was the perfect formula um and it's, it's grown the event to what it is now but but now it's a very credible it feels like almost an international event now that everybody wants to come and win i mean to have actual current 
WRC stars wanting to come and win it together with former ones, of course. And, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Ingram, who is jumping into a car that, I mean, God help him in that TR7 V8 because nobody's driven one like he's going to have to drive that since 1978. Mm-hmm. And and yet he's doing it. And yeah. um, yeah, just just the stories that are coming out of the, the prep and the tests and talking to some of the competitors, I was chatting to Sam Collis yesterday who was spectating at Cadwell when we were doing the coverage. And, um, we were just talking about how we really think that the, the Welsh lads on Welsh gravel are going to really surprise some of these, these big stars. Now, I don't think people arriving in Carmarthenshire on Wednesday are really going to know what's hit them unless they have really studied those stages, looked at form and had a look around at the other people sat in those cars around them. Because, you know, they've got some really big names out there, but it won't necessarily be a big name that's on top when we get to the end of those five days. Yeah, because like you know, we've seen the the last in twenty twenty one. We thought you know the, the last morning that ah, this rally's kind of done and dusted. First stage, all of a sudden, <laughs> it's just God, before, uh, everything just threw out the the window and <laughs> reboot again. Goodness me, it was it was horrendous. I was I was I just said to you off off air. I was watching this unfold because I was actually in a studio location for the entirety of the last one, um, while the team were out on the road, and so I'm watching this unfold. And I was getting ready for for the studio pieces that we were going to be doing. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I I can't actually prepare anything because it's changing by the minute. Every time a car goes into the stage, something's changed. Oh, goodness me, Pritchard. We'll always remember, won't we, that that frustration that we felt for him that morning. Um, And he wasn't the only one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then, you know, Paul Barrett, Ocean Price. You know, gone. All uh, of them. It, was, it was unbelievable. And then suddenly the, the, the Porsche <laughs> came out and over. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, and I'm sure Ryan Champion was yeah. the first one to admit he wasn't the fastest over the weekend. But Rollian's all about finishing that it's been in the right place at the right time. Yeah. It's about finishing at the slowest speed possible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah for sure. That's, that's actually uh, what uh, motorsport is. Yeah. <laughs> the slowest you can afford to do yeah. um, and get round is, is actually yeah. the most sensible way to do it. Um, and, and Ryan. We know Ryan's um, a, a stellar driver, um, and that Porsche is is clearly a formidable machine. But it was, as you say, never going to win out right against those escorts being driven by people like Oshin and Paul and and Jason. But um, you know, it was there or thereabouts, wasn't it? All the way through the event, hanging about as as people moved around, as people had little moments. Ryan was just there; he was yeah. solid, and he and, and you know what? That wasn't by mistake. It no. wasn't like he just hung about there waiting for people to make mistakes. No. It was a game plan. Because if you know that you haven't got the charger to be out front to begin with and stay out front, what do you do? You manage it, don't you? And and that's what Ryan did really well in 2021. And that's why it might not have been a blistering outright um, win on, on speed and performance alone, but it was a very different kind of performance and, and just as worthy and, and credible of victory. And I, and I think it's one that we'll all remember, won't, won't we? Because sure, it was a very sure. different type of win. And, and I'm sure Ryan remembers mm-hmm. it. I remember doing the finish piece and we got um, we got Gemma on the video as well and the kids and, and it was it was really nice it was it, it felt really special for sure for sure and then you know like as well too that it had almost become almost a one-mate championship it was nearly all mark two mark two mark two to see something different the porsche was just a nice twist on it and that has carried into this year's event as well we have you mentioned the tr7 the porsche yep. the stratus you know it, 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 there's a mix of stuff here this year 
Uh, do you know what the the variety although it might not have shown um because before we started covering the event special stage um one of our, our mission briefs if you like is to cover cars all the way through the field and so you will see the variety when we cover a rally whereas i think perhaps when when you're looking at the headlines and, and the years when we weren't covering it people would be covering that battle at the front so you'd only see escorts um but it wasn't just about escorts yeah. there's always been a really big and exciting mix of cars i mean this year we've got you know we've got volvo p p544 sports we've got toyota corolla a86s we've got um saab 96s um we've got the TR7 <laughs> you've got the Datsun triple s i mean alex alex waterman yeah. will be i know he won't because he'll be doing a rally by the time this goes out but if he was watching this he'd be going Woodford, you talk about the Datsun all the time, and you've not mentioned it. In the, it's not on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, we we've had Bob Beals in the in the Beetle in the past, and in fact, twenty uh, twenty nineteen, um, I was stood with Bob while he was in a bit in a ditch in the Beetle, um, still in a good spirits as you'd expect of yeah. Bob. But you know, the, you've got the Lancia full. Oh, how can we forget the, yeah. the Lanciers? True. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we. Yeah, we've got some really cool cars, some great variety. But as you say, the variety has kind of nudged its way to the front this year. And all I've said, we were having a chat about this in the special stage studio van yesterday. And, you know, we, we did the whole, who do you think is going to get it? And do you think there's going to be anybody really going too hard and binning it? And all these kind of conversations mm -hmm. that you have before a rally. And we all said, all we want is to have the Stratos and the TR7 and the escorts and the Porsches all in the fight by day five. Mm -hmm. We just want to go really big all the way through this one, because that is going to really make this year stand out. Whatever happens in the future, I think you say it, you said it, that variety is going to make this one really stand out. Uh, uh, yeah, because that's what I think has, has really sparked my interest in it this year. You know, the, the Stratus, you know, we've seen the, the footage from a few weekends ago and the Malton rally, like, Oh my God, it's just glorious. I mean, we all know yeah. how good the Porsche sounds, you know, the, the, the TR7, the, the V8 rumble. What's that going to be like? You know, can you imagine going it's... through the force at nights? Oh. <laughs> Again, so... though, we haven't seen, we've seen TR7 V8s out and uh, Anthony Wendell was out in one yesterday at Gadwell Park and there was one out of the Y-Dean. I forget who was driving it now, but um, there was one in works colours at the Y-Dean on, on Saturday, which looked fantastic on our coverage. I wasn't there, I was watching it. Um, but we haven't seen a full work spec TR7 V8 like the one that we all know David Appleby Engineering has built because you know there's no one like them when it comes to TR7 V8s mm -hmm. and no one's ever seen one properly unleashed in the wild oh I, I, we saw them back in 1978 <laughs> last time <laughs> we haven't seen one since someone of my generation has maybe seen one at rally day or, or the rally mm -hmm. show at Chatsworth back in the day or Goodwood or somewhere like that but not driven properly not driven in, in anger and we know that Chris Ingram is the perfect match for that car because he isn't there to make up the numbers. So that, I think, of all the things, I've heard the Stratos, I've seen it driven at full chat. I've seen Steve in the Stratos. I've seen the guys that are in the Escorts this weekend in various things. And I know they're going to be quick and I know they're going to put on a show. I'm just looking forward to the first time I see that TR7 burst into view with Chris behind the wheel. Because... I just don't know what that's going to sound no. or look like. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's so exciting. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's like, absolutely, yeah. I know the other things will be exciting to watch, yeah. but I just, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, because like, yeah, as you say, like we've seen like Tony Pond, we've seen the videos, you know, per Eklund, we've seen the videos, but to actually see one being grabbed by the scruff of the neck and throw down the stage the way that Chris Ingram will do it, there's no doubt yeah. that that's going to be special. No, 
on a, in the front of my mind, I could describe to you poetically the dynamics of an escort or the dynamics of the Stratos on a rally stage. I, I can't describe to you yeah. how a TR7 will look driven, having its neck wrung yeah. on those iconic stages. And that's, that's so exciting. I'm, I'm like a kid at Christmas with this one. <laughs> I've actually, I didn't bring it with me. It's in the car, so I don't forget it. But I've actually got a model of um, Tony Pond's um, TR7 V8. And I'm going to take it with me. I'm going to take yeah. pictures of it in, in various locations. Yeah. But because I'm a, I'm a bit of a nerd, I put mud flaps on it. <laughs> so it's to race to full regs. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fully legal. <laughs> so uh, look out for that because I'm going to I'm going to basically take fun photos on the stages wherever Excellent. we are with this with this TR7. But yeah, I bought it at Alton Park, um, and the guy who was selling the models there. I was like, "Have you got a TR7?" He was like, "Oh, I, I don't think so." I'm yeah. like, oh, I was, "Well, that's all I want." And he's got all these model rally cars, and he dug one out for me. Special request. <laughs> yeah, special request. And yeah. we have to mention the uh, the facial hair, don't we? Yeah. The oh, Tony sure. Pontash. I mean, yes. What a uh-huh. great concept for November. That, uh-huh. that is a really cool thing to be doing. But yes. actually, seeing that picture of Chris. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like Chris. I've known Chris since he was in his junior days. But I think he's a bit too, too cool for school. Or I did think he was a bit yeah. too cool for school. And then I saw him in, in full Tony Pond um, yeah. mustache with the BL jacket. I thought, nah, yeah. he's got it. He gets this. He knows yeah. what we all want to see. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I've, sure. I've got I've got my um, my William Woolard facial hair ground. I'm trying to grow um, some bigger sideburns for this weekend. Uh-huh. But um, fortunately, I didn't start early enough. And I seem to still grow my facial hair like a 12-year-old. So... <laughs> They're, but, they're but, in progress, but they're not quite as impressive as Chris's Tash. But they're, yeah. they're getting there. And I'm going full retro for the uh, for the studio. Yeah. But I know we're going to get to that, so I'll yes. not spoil the surprise. Yeah, actually, did the leather jacket and all that. But, like, you know, we haven't even mentioned, you know, Chris Meek, you know, uh, Oliver Solberg. And isn't that, isn't that uh, cool? That's like, the main, Chris Meek the main, has entered yeah. the rally. <laughs> Oliver Solberg has entered the rally, and we haven't yeah. got to them yet. No. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, yeah, also, we yeah. have to mention, you know, the, the Roger Chilmans, uh, yeah. the... the yeah, Jason Richards, Martin McCormack, <laughs> two-time winner yeah. of the mm-hmm. event. You've, you've got to mention these guys, but the fact is we haven't got to them yet because yeah. we're still talking about you know some of the other stories and and they're still mm-hmm. to come. It just, as you say, there's so much to go at. That's for sure. Like that's, it's going to be mind-bending. Just how this is all going to shake out. Like it's like before you can pick out there's three or four guys. Yeah, the battle will be between them. It's not this year. It's there's a top 12, 15 guys. And it's going to be yeah. any mini, mini move almost, isn't it? I really hope that Marty's up to speed because yeah. he's not done an awful lot. Mm-hmm. We've not seen him out that much. Um, I'm sure he's been doing some testing in the car. But for him and for us, I really hope that he's um, he's up to speed and he's ready to get in that car because yeah. he's the one. I was thinking about this earlier. He's the one driver. I know you don't have to post a test on social media for it to have happened, but he's the only one I've not really seen any on much from. So. Really, really hope that he's in the mix there because uh, that would just be epic, wouldn't it? Yeah, and like he is, you know, Marty is such a likable guy. Him and Barney, they have such a great rapport, you know, inside the car and outside the car. They just, you know, there's something about them that you just smile whenever you see them coming along. Yeah, and then when you stick them with people like Matthew Robinson and Sam Collis, um, you get a, a real um, explosion of character, don't you? <laughs> yeah. um, and, and again, that's another crew that we haven't mentioned yet. I, yeah. They're back. Matthew Robinson, Sam Collis are back. They've done a fair bit this year, not as much as they've done in previous years. Um, Sam didn't I, I didn't like to give it the big one yesterday because, of course, he hasn't done that much. He took a bit of time out, didn't he, Robbo? But um, he seemed quietly confident. In fact, mm-hmm. Sam seemed more confident in the uh, in the 
prep that he'd done because he knows that you know Matthew is going to need a bit more prep than uh, the Welsh guys that know those stages um, mm -hmm. like the back yeah. of their their hands because it's in yeah. their backyard so Sam's done an awful lot of work for that so there's a whole host of people but yeah, yeah. Chris Meek out there on the rally stage again and Oliver Solberg as well I mean if he drives that Mark II like mm -hmm. he's been driving it in that test it won't last past the press conference <laughs> let alone the, the five days yeah. and that uh -huh. that's exciting in itself yeah. And like even you know, we think back Chris Meek, the year he done the Colin McRae stages in the Mark II, you know, the memorial year, like it was the in car from it is still probably yeah. one of the best in cars I've ever watched. You know, I still get goosebumps watching it. If, you know, it's that not a go to, last, isn't it? It, it? It won't last five days, but it was epic. <laughs> yeah, and it is epic. I mean, I you'll have seen the car by now as we're recording this, and obviously by the time this goes out, everyone would have seen the car, and uh, it will be uh, lovely and muddy by now. But um, yeah, it just looks incredible, and you just know that that car is going to have the best of everything, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Paul Barrett, like a guy that was leading the rally in two thousand and nineteen, uh, twenty-one as well. Like yeah. Paul's going back with great intentions of being, you know. He felt he threw it away the last time, wants to settle the score. Aileen Hillerington, uh, guy that finished third last time. The whole year has yeah. been focused on, you know, going there to be competitive and going there to one. It's like, as you yeah, say, you're right, there's actually. so many names. There's so, like, we keep, there's, a, there's yeah. probably somebody we've, there's at least three names we've forgotten about. Well, that's a really good point that you make because in an RAC year, and this has become a thing, you have an RAC year and suddenly everything takes a back seat. The British Historic Rally Championship takes a bit of a back seat. Um, you really want to be winning that in a non-RAC year, don't you, for UCV? But, um, and that's not to take anything away, so please don't take that as criticism if anybody um, doesn't like that. Um, but um, another one that we, we should mention because there have been some real heroics off the stage this year. Richard Jordan, James Grattan-Smith had that huge accident, didn't they, recently? and um, Nick Carr has got that car completely rebuilt car prep have done a fantastic job so that's another mm -hmm. name that's going to surely be in the mix because they've got quicker and quicker and uh, mm -hmm. I think they're going to be in the running somewhere as well they're going to be mixing things up that is for sure that's for sure yeah for sure and then yourselves like you know special stage this is going to be no ordinary event either this is going to be an epic production from your side of the defense as well Yes. So we have joined forces. Well, we, we always do when we see them out on events. Um, but we've we've officially joined forces with MCR Motorsport Media, Matt Cotton, Bex Hinton this weekend. So um, we're going to be going really big. It's almost like, you know, um, just like the rally drivers have to go big or go home. We've done exactly the same thing. So we've got an extraordinary media package lined up, starting with a press conference on Wednesday, which obviously was uh, the day before yesterday as this is going out. But, <laughs> Um, hopefully it went well yeah. <laughs> and no issues um, but no we've we've um we've basically put together a package that i don't think has been seen since the top gear rally report days um i know we've got all live and we've got you know events that are covered throughout um you know the, the days that they're on and, and round the clock but the combination of different styles of of package that we've put together is going to make this something very different so we're going to be live for every single day starting in the morning um, midday sections we're going to be at the stage ends uh, we're going to have action on the stage uh, reaction from the stage ends all in one package and it's going to be in one place live throughout the rally and as we go through the day we're going to be live in different locations and we're going to have two crews so there's myself and there's phil bramhill um one of the other special stage guys who's going to be out with me presenting and commentating on the stages matt's going to be joining us at various parts along the route and he and bex are going to do the stage end stuff with us 
joined onto our studio setup and then they're going to move on to their next location we're going to move on to ours I and mean, at one point we've got a six hour drive um from one location to another just to get to the next live location um and where the big thing is on a night we're going to have these top gear rally report style um sections that we yeah. we did a little bit of in 2019 um but we're bringing it all back we've got some very cool retro backdrops which will make people sit forward in their seats and go hang on <laughs> and we've got the, we, we've got you know um highlight sections we're going to have features on the cars we're going to have uh interesting behind the scenes stuff that we've been able to shoot during the day packaged up ready to go and we're going to be live in the studio linking to all these little bits and pieces and all of the reaction all of the story and the narrative from the day and on some of those days the cars are still going to be live in the stage so we're going to be throwing live where we can as well um and it's all going to start with that music yeah oh, we're bringing it all back it's going to be Brilliant. full retro uh -huh. um i've even i've got hold of mark lovell's 1982 rac rally jacket that he wore in the car um in between um stages and i'm wearing that and as i said i'm trying to grow some bigger sideburns yeah. to um, full retro thing. <laughs> inspired by chris ingram and, and yeah. his so facial hair um going all out but no, no we, we are really bringing something very special to rally fans for this week and i really hope that people who can't get to the rally get more of a flavor and more of a feel for what's going on and feel like they're right in the center of it more than they ever have. Yeah, because like, you know, I uh, <laughs> I remember the 80s and the 90s now, like the top gear, you know, at that time, it was like, and suddenly now that you start to think back how epic it was, the production that was going into that, the live stages, you know, that every night there was a half hour, 40 yeah. minute program. Like it's only well, they used now to take over a hotel. It. Yeah. They'd have a hotel, a whole ballroom, <laughs> yeah. and they'd have a big backdrop with a desk full of like 15 people all yeah. churning out results and typing things. <laughs> um, I did suggest a way that maybe we should just get some load of people behind us typing things just to <laughs> really, um, but we couldn't stretch the budget. <laughs> couldn't fit any typewriters. <laughs> Uh, yeah, couldn't find the typewriters. Yeah, I struggled <laughs> enough with the with the uh, retro rally jacket because everyone wants to hang on to those those yeah. days, these days. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we're really excited, but gen genuinely very excited about it. I've not been this excited for um, a rally since I used to compete. And yeah. did I ever think this gig would ever get as exciting as that? I'd probably best asking Matt Cotton, who still mixes both hats. Um, I, I didn't think it would, but I I'm getting there. Uh, yeah. This is really exciting i just can't wait to get going and you know it's it's something that we're all very proud of and it's just uh, my spine is tingling just thinking of the music and the various bits and pieces we've all been discussing today mm -hmm. and the things that we're going to be putting together so hopefully by the time people see this crunching gears episode um they'll have seen the first forays into this year's top gear style um special mm -hmm. stage Roger Robert Clark rally report and hopefully you guys are, are all absolutely loving it and it's all gone very well yeah, and Paul, it will have to be done before the end of it. You need to put your foot up on the wheel of a car with the white socks, the loafers, uh, the chinos all on, and just you know look into the camera and give it the big cheesy. <laughs> I think he did that on Top Gear itself, didn't he? I don't think yeah. that was a rally report. In the rally report, he was very studio based. I've yeah. been watching this stuff. <laughs> yeah, he studied up. <laughs> yeah, but he, um, yeah, I mean, I I did speak to William um, when we did the 2019 version of the event and he actually saw some of the stuff we did when we did the studio and i wore the shirt and tie um and he thought that was quite funny yeah. um but I, I did actually say to him then i said you know why didn't you come here? he's not interested he's just, he's over in sacramento oh, now and yeah. he's it's just you know he's he's not interested That's, but he, he thought that was quite cool 
Yeah, and we'll get Matt Cotton with a flat cap on doing his full Tony Mason then, will we? <laughs> He's far too tall to be Tony Mason. I think if we did, I've got to be careful with that one because if we did that, I'd probably end up as Tony Mason. But that's no bad thing, is it? Because, no. uh, you know, he's a grumpy so-and-so, but he's a wonderful human being and a real legend um, and somebody that, you know, inspired me to want to do this because I was kind of after um, William Woolard, really, in my mm. growing up watching. I've obviously seen the legend in action, but for me it was it was Steve Ryder and Tony Mason um, that I remember as a kid. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if I can rekindle any of that magic, whatever era it was, that people have watched and, and think is their favourite. If we can rekindle any of that, Matt, myself, Phil, the rest of the special stage and MCR motorsport teams with our media package from the Roger Robert Clark this year, then we'll have achieved something very special, I think, and, and probably, you know, done what we all set out to do in the first place. Well, Paul, we can only, but, you know, wash you well and we'll be all tuned in, no doubt, and watching this story unfold. Hopefully right now, as this is going out, yes. I'm somewhere in a studio van with beautiful signal, um, ready to do some live links. So yeah, hopefully you can all tune in and uh, join us for the adventure because it is going to be an adventure of a lifetime this year's Roger Robert Clark Rally. Congratulations to everybody who's put it together. All the people who've been working hard for two solid years to do this. And uh, you know, a big thank you to all of the local authorities, the councils, the, the residents, um, and of course our volunteers, our army of volunteers that will be ensuring that we we can actually go out and play across these five days and this epic adventure. So thank you to everybody who's involved and uh, good luck out there if you're out there peddling. So thanks to those two guys there. And I'm sorry, Ryan, for putting you on the spot there trying to pick a winner. But like, you know, even as soon as we start recording, he's like, oh, what about this guy? And, what about this? and like, the one guy he said as well, too, it has to be considered in that mix is Ocean Price. Like, you know, it really is, you know, like, pull a name out of hat. That would be my prediction for a winner. I, I, I don't think I could put my I would love to see Marty and Barney do it once again. You know, just they've been on the show a few times and just they're such good lads, you know. But anyone that wins that rally after five days will be a very deserving winner. Absolutely. And again, you know, like mechanically, it's tough on those cars as well. So, you know, there's a lot of, of factors here. Um, so yeah. fingers crossed now. Hopefully Marty uh, holds on to it, but you know, you never know. Yeah, never knows, right? And then Connor, you got a chance to catch up with Raymond Moore from Racing Rally. Some very exciting news coming down the line. Yeah, listen, this this is shaping up to be a lovely championship now if, if it all comes together. Um, so Racing Rally have announced that uh, the Stellantis Cup. So basically, it's for the two hundred eight Rally Fours and the what do you call it, the Opal Rally Four cars are eligible for this, and it's taken. Four rounds of the Irish Tarmac Championship and four rounds of the BRC um, to make this nice little cup or nice little championship um, with some really good prize money and a lovely prize for the junior winner as well. Yeah, because like, it, oh, and we should actually mention, just announced there this afternoon, is that, you know, also around the BRC is going to be around of the ERC, you know, we kind of predicted this, um, your Rally Caradigan as well too, so that's included in this, you know, proposed championship as well too, so like that's, really really set the cat among the pigeons I you know we often talk about a game changer and the, you know the young talent not like a one but it's not really a one make category because it's open to the two weight and the course but I do think this could be this could make things very interesting next year for anybody competing in that championship absolutely like you know you only have to look back 
this year, uh, both in Ireland and in the UK, the number of Rally 4 cars that have been purchased and are being out there being competed in. Um, so this is shaping up to be really, really nice championship and good opportunity for both, you know, the Irish competitors and the UK competitors to go head to head as well. But uh, listen, no point in me talking about it. Let's hear from Raymond himself. So I'm joined by Raymond Moore, who has recently announced the Rally 4 Cup. Um, Raymond, well, you're very welcome to this week's podcast. And uh, what do you call it? Yeah, tell us the exciting plans for the, the Rally 4 Cup. Yes, no, thank you for having me on. Um, delighted to be able to announce this Atlantis Cup for 2024. Uh, it's, it's very exciting. Um, we're going to have four rounds in Ireland and four rounds in the UK. Uh, it's our kind of strategy to try to pick four kind of the the you know four kind of the best events that I think one of the best events in Ireland and then picking the cream as well across the water and um, so yeah hopefully we've picked good events and uh, this is open to both the Peugeot 208 and the Opel Corsa is that correct yes both are rally four cars and they both come from the Stellantis stable so they're both eligible yeah Brilliant. And uh, what do you call this? So is everything in in place yet or is it almost in place for this to kick off next year? Yeah, the regulations are now with both authorities um, for approval. Uh, We have a prize structure in place and we have a a prize uh, as well for top junior. So, yeah, it's getting there now. It's definitely going to happen. And and you mentioned the prizes, which I suppose everybody's you know got their eye on and they're competing for. So what what does the the prize structure look like? So we have um, prize structure per rally, um, which is open to everybody, all age categories. And um, we're going to start with uh, first position right down to fifth position. So uh, so first position is three thousand euro. Uh, second is 1,750 euro, 750 euro, 500 euro, and then a Michelin tire. Um, and we also have uh, random spot prizes coming as well, Michelin tires, etc. A few things like that to have a bit of fun with. Um, but yes, that's open to everybody per round, every round, all eight rounds. And then do you have a, a special prize then for, for the juniors? So yes, we have a junior prize for the top junior at the end of the season. Um, this is the kind of the carrot that they're all chasing, I believe, to try to get on to the the bigger market. It's a prize structure aimed towards the European Rally Championship. We had a meeting with France and we discussed where to go with the winner. Um, you know, we discussed do we try to put a small structure, maybe one-off event in an R5 car or something like that. Um, but they actually were very excited and they said, no, no, we believe the place for juniors now to be is in the ERC. Uh, European Rally Championship because from there you have the same promoter and if you can win the Junior Rally Championship you can then go to the JWRC and obviously the JWRC then has a structure end to go even further so this we thought this was a good ladder and what we have done is we have secured uh, with thanks to Michelin and uh, we have secured prize money and we're going to offer free registration in the European Championship entry into each round of the European Championship, which is six rounds in total. And we're going to pay your tyre allocation per round, which is 12 tyres per round currently at 330 euro each. 
so you can and, do the sums. <laughs> and uh, that's quite a prize fund. And, you know, for eligibility, uh, if we're looking at the 2025 Junior European Championship, what what's, what's the age restriction there for, for somebody to be eligible? So we obviously kind of thought about this and said, well, we want our winner to be eligible for the prize. So at the moment, it's saying that you have to be 27 or younger on the 1st of January um for next year so we're going to say 26 uh or younger on the 1st of january 2024 grand which which would leave our our winner then if they were that age eligible to do at least one year then in the junior erc yes yes perfect and you you mentioned rounds it would be a combination of rounds of the irish tarmac championship and the and the british rally championship have you decided yet on what or have you signed off yet on what rounds that would include yeah, the rounds that we are hoping that will host for us, we have put the request in. All the uh, all the organising committees of each rally have agreed. Um, so we're starting with the likes of West Cork. Um, the Irish tarmac rounds are West Cork, uh, Killarney, Donegal, Cork 20. And then they're all TROA rounds. And then four rounds in the UK is uh, Rally Nuts, and uh, Rally Cargidian, the Grampian, and the Cambrian and the three gravel rounds will all of recce, which I think was uh, very important when I'm selecting these events for me so that the guys could get um, the best experience and you know, recce experience. I think it's a vital thing to have. And will the competitors have to be registered for both championships as well? So what I've done is I'm going to have um, a registration fee, which will earn you back various things. And one of the things is we're going to cover your registration into the Irish Tarmac Championship and your registration into the British Rally Championship. So, for example, you could start maybe with, um, you know, West Cork and maybe decide, OK, I'm going to go and do some other British Rally Championship rounds and you'll already be registered there. And same for the Irish Tarmac rounds as well. And we've seen over the last year an increase in the number of Rally 4 cars, both in uh, you know in the Irish Tarmac Championship as well as the British Rally Championship. Have you had much interest since you announced the, 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 the Atlantis Cup? Yeah, the interest has been really good. Um, to be fair, we've had a few drivers which had already committed to, to the brands. Um, so the brand was growing steadily all year. Um, and then once we kind of started questioning about you know could we put a cup together would we have enough numbers you know uh, when I met France back in August I said somewhere we'll have somewhere between six to ten cars I think now we're going to have between 10 to 15 cars which is fantastic you know the more cars the higher level of competition that's just a numbers game and um, it definitely the cream man rises to the top and uh, you mentioned you have Michelin on board as well yeah, the meeting started in August and we talked about uh, various partners and Peugeot or Stellantis um, reached out to a few marks that they always approached and they approached Michelin in France and um, then I believe Michelin in France spoke to Tim Hoare, our own uh, contact over here from Michelin and Tim was very supportive of it. He actually was the real driving force and we have to thank him a lot because Tim seen what we wanted to do, actually directed us on a few ideas and um, was really, really, really pushed us forward for us. And he had a real appetite. He said that he thought that Irish and British rallying really needed some kind of junior level of uh, stage 
for the drivers and he pushed a lot on this and it's thanks to him and pro tire sean at pro tire and adrian as well fantastic and anybody interested in in getting involved when would they be able to sign up um well we have sent out a kind of preliminary email to all the current drivers that we have been talking to so basically just get in touch with myself um, it is now with Motorsport Ireland and Motorsport UK because what we've done is we're trying to incorporate both federations. Um, I believe it's the first that uh, both federations and both federations are definitely very supportive. Um, I think we're all you know, pulling from the one pool of, uh, of customer base. And I think you know the two authorities need to be working together better. And I have to say they've been they've been both very supportive of us. And I think it's maybe a start of something going forward. Brilliant, excellent, yeah, can't wait. Now it certainly seems like an exciting initiative. And speaking of exciting initiatives, you've also got extra support coming in for the C threes. Yes, um, again, uh, we've got uh, support from uh, Stellantis through Citroen Racing and Michelin have come on board again. So we're going to have a support series on every round of the Irish Tarmac Championship for C3s in 2024. So we're going to have a very straightforward, use a C3 in the Irish Tarmac Championship and use Michelin tyres and you'll be eligible for prize money. Um, the prize money will be uh, €5,000 for first, €3,000 for second and 1500 for third. And that's just based on the C3s. It doesn't matter if you're not first in an event, it's the first C3. So it creates a bit of a family within the C3s that are out there and they can race against each other as well. Yeah, Kevin, like it's such an exciting initiative. And not 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 also the, the fact there that he mentioned about the support for the C3s as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the Rally 2 C3 has been come such a, you know, there's so many of them appeared in Ireland over the last you know, last year or so. So that's going to really make that very interesting. That could maybe sway another few guys to look at the Citroen as a, you know, as a possible car for next year as well. Now. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, I suppose every, every little helps, as they say. And, uh, you know, anything that encourages people, you know, to, to get in and, you know, that level playing field of being in the same type of, of, of car to, to compete against each other. Oh, yeah, and, uh, and absolutely, and, and to see Michelin involved in this as well, you know, like the yeah. brand, you know, the, a brand like Michelin get involved in all this too, and that hopefully will all, also encourage other bikers to get in behind this too. I, you know, I think it's going to be a one-one for everybody. Like, the you know, the Irish Championship, the BRC, like if they're talking twelve to fifteen cars involved here, not too many rallies will be turning up the nose again. That kind of entries, entries as well. No, exactly. It will certainly, you know, be some some events to be glad of this, you know, just for that extra support. Um, if anybody is interested in getting more information, if you contact Raymond at raceandrally.com, uh, either about the Rally 4 Cup or about the C3 support. Excellent. Yeah, because, like, you know, I have to talk more about this now before the whole season kicks off. But, yeah, I think this is going to be brilliant. So that was uh season two episode 37 as i say like share rate subscribe all those things makes a difference so connor but that's us talking all in for this week so until next time take care speak soon and bye